الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأذن في الناس بالحج يأتوك رجالا وعلى كل ضامر يأتين من كل فج عميق وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحج المبرور ليس له جزاء إلا الجنة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مبارک منتف رمضان پاسٹ ود دا فضل آف اللہ تعالی اینڈ دا مومنٹ دیٹ دا مبارک منتھ آف رمضان تھرمینیٹڈ دا نیکسٹ سیکنڈ دا منتھس آف حج کومنسڈ فرام ون ویری گریٹ عبادت دیٹ اے پرسن ہیز جسٹ کمپلیٹڈ his mind now shifts to another very great ibadat and this is how we are meant to keep focusing our hearts and minds let alone the month of ramadan two months before the month of ramadan nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam turned the hearts of the ummah towards ramadan by teaching the dua and reciting the dua when the moon of rajab was sighted When the moon of Rajab was sighted, the dua Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam recited and thought was, Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Shaaban wa balighna Ramadan. Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Shaaban and enable us to reach Ramadan. So from the beginning of Rajab, the mind was being now turned and the heart was being turned and concentrated towards Ramadan. Then obviously while the month of Ramadan was around, So everything was at a peak. But now that the month of Ramadan is over, then a person is now being focused and turned towards Hajj. And this is the heart of a mu'min. That the heart of a mu'min is always attached to ibadat, attached to things that will take him closer to Allah Ta'ala. He sees things around him too and it reminds him of what his direction is, what his destination is. It reminds him of his creator and sustainer. When he sees things around him, he doesn't look at it and just pass by it. Well, this is it. He sees something like how the scientist sees something. So he sees it, he's amazed by it. And then he tries everything to show how it happened. But his last line is to try and prove na'uz billah that it happened without a creator. He goes into all the depths of it and he has the greater insight into it than the average person because he has the ability to get into the nitty gritty of it. But unfortunately, when that hidayat is not in the heart, then all the efforts that he makes, the sum total of his efforts that he makes is to try and come to the totally false and baseless conclusion that na'uzubillah, all this happened without a creator. But a mu'min sees the same thing, then it all takes him closer to Allah Ta'ala. 
he recognizes the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala in it. And he gains the Ma'rifat of Allah Ta'ala through seeing it. Therefore the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala alerts us to this, that we should not be among those وَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَمُرُّونَ عَلَيْهَا وَهُمْ عَنْهَا مُعْرِضُونَ How many things they see, how many signs of Allah Ta'ala in the heavens, on the earth, they just pass by it and ignore it. Don't take any lesson from it. So all these things are lessons for us. Whether it is that little shoot that is coming out from the hard ground, such a soft shoot, just a person touches it with his two fingers, he'll crush it. But it comes out through that hard ground. Who brings it out? So he sees this and recognizes the Qudrat of Allah. Allah Ta'ala brought this out. And then that little shoot then grows into a little small plant and then those leaves and those flowers and then it becomes a tree someday. And then it bears that beautiful fruit. So who is doing all this? It's only Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat. He sees the rain and he remembers Allah Ta'ala. He hears the thunder and his heart immediately goes, Subhanalladhi yusabbihur ra'adu bihamdi. Al-Mala'ikatu min khifati. That even the thunder claps, this is also in the tasbih of Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, a mu'min's heart, he sees anything. Otherwise, if the heart is only immersed in dunya, then a person sees anything will remind him about his dunya. Though he is far away from his own things too, person is travelling somewhere, maybe another part of the world, and he saw one, maybe one car, or something maybe half falling apart, whatever condition might be, but because his colour is red, for example, so now it reminds him about his red car at home. So now just that one colour somewhere reminded him about his car. Something about, anything he saw about one house, it reminded him about his house. Whereas a mu'min whose heart is attached <coughs> to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, then even if he sees the most palatial home, his heart immediately turns towards the home of Jannat. Allahumma la aisha illa aisha al-akhirah. Ya Allah, the real life is a life of the akhirat. Whoever this is mubarak to him, Allah ta'ala give him barakat. Allah ta'ala make it a means of khair for him. But this is not something I should get attracted to. My heart, otherwise, Allah forbid, first it will be just attraction to the things of others. Then as that grows, and if he can't seem to have the same thing, he'll start developing jealousy for this. And one thing leads to another, and he starts destroying his deen. So a mu'min sees something very palatial, he sees a garden which is beyond description, he thinks about the gardens of Jannah. That that is beyond imagination. This is still seen. That no heart has even conceived of and can ever think about. So, this too is one of the things that are meant to keep a person's heart towards Allah Ta'ala, keep it towards ibadat. One ibadat barely finished and his heart is turning to another. Now a person might think that, Hajj, mashallah, what a great ibadat. But I don't have any plan this year. Oh, I don't even know whether I'll ever make it any time in my lifetime. The desire is there. So, how does my heart get attached to Hajj? So, indeed, some person might be planning, some person might not have any intention, but that desire that might be there in every person's heart, that is already one attachment. But apart from that, 
Nabi Islam has attached such a'mal to hajj as the highlights of hajj. That whether a person is really intending to go for hajj or not, then it still applies to him also to be attaching his heart to hajj. And the person who does go, then obviously this is something that he will really latch on to. Because this is going to now enhance the whole hajj. The Hadith Sharif Nabi Salaam says that Al-Hajjul Mabroor That the Hajj which is Mabroor Mabroor is from Bir Bir means virtue That Hajj which is filled with virtue Good deeds, righteous actions Now this is a very general word So the reward of such a Hajj Is nothing but Jannad That Hajj which is Mabroor Then the reward is Jannad directly Now this is a very general Word mabroor, bir, full, full of bir. The Sahaba, mashallah, were very eager to know details because now full of good deeds, there are so many good deeds. Is there something that a person should be really focusing on more? So therefore they asked, that, Wama birruha ya Rasulullah. What is the virtue of this hajj? What, is, what are the good deeds that are really meant to be attached to? What does a person really hold on to? Now when a person thinks about Hajj, then he thinks about all those A'mal that are specifically done in Hajj. That are the specialities of Hajj in terms of that those A'mal which cannot be done in any other place. For example, he makes Tawaf that can only be done around the Kaaba Sharif. That Tawaf can't be done anywhere else in the world. He makes Sa'i that can only be done between Safa and Marwa. It can't be done anywhere else in the world. Anyway, else will just be running. But here it's an ibadat of a very high level. And then he will go to Mina, and he will go to Arafat, and he'll go to Muzdalifa. Then this is only something that's an ibadat in that particular time, in those particular places. Person goes there at any other time of the year also, and makes wukuf at Arafat. Then somebody will say, he's bare wukuf, but there's no wukuf there. Because that wukuf is only possible in that time. <coughs> there isn't any ibadat in any other time of the year that is applied there. So the lesson that this, these are the things that will come to mind. The person thinks about hajj. The person who has been for hajj, all these things would have come to his mind. The person who has still to go for hajj, these are the things he has heard about. But Nabi Islam mentioned something very different. Because these things are obvious, there's no hajj without it. If a person goes for hajj, but he doesn't make his tawaf sa'i, what hajj he made? He didn't go to Arafat, what hajj he made? There is no hajj without this. So this goes without saying. He's going for hajj, he's obviously going to do all this. So what does Nabi Islam say? He gives such amal which a person who might never ever perhaps make it for hajj also, but he can bring in these highlights of hajj in his life. And he can be in any distant corner of the world. He can also be attaching his heart to Hajj. There was one person who worked in the madrasa. He was from India. Many years back. So he mentioned about his grandfather. That his grandfather had that desire that I need to go for Hajj. Simple person earning just a pittance. But he had one little container on side. And every now and then he would drop a few coins in there. Now, few coins, when that is going to add up? 
at the end of the year, meaning when Hajj time comes, everybody is preparing, whoever is preparing to go for Hajj, he opens a ten of his also, not enough. So he carries on. The next year, after the second year also, he carried on, end of the year, not enough. Now can you imagine now each time that the year has passed, a whole year, he's dropping something. He knows in his mind there's nothing much there yet, because he knows how much he's putting in. Barely a few coins every now and again. But he would check, not enough. So year and year after year he's doing the same thing. And every year he's seeing some people going for Hajj and coming back also. Can we imagine the yearning that's growing in his heart? And this continued for how long? Eventually, after 30 years of collecting in this way, and every year seeing the hujjaj, whoever went for hajj, leaving, and then returning, and I'm still here. But after 30 years, eventually, Allah Ta'ala made it possible that he went for hajj. Can we imagine when his gaze <laughs> fell on Baitullah for the first time? What must have been his heart? And can we imagine when he made tawaf of the Kaaba Sharif, what kind of tawaf that might have been? When he made that sa'i, when he stood at Arafat and raised his hands, Allah knows best from which depth of the heart his du'as might have come. But his heart for that entire 30 years was attached to Hajj. Sometimes, unfortunately, because of the ease with which we sometimes go for Hajj, while in Hajj also our heart is not there. While in that tawaf also our heart is somewhere in dunya, somewhere else. While in the midst of all that ibadat also, we are far away from that ibadat. This person didn't lose hope, he didn't become despondent. But what? It was that attachment, attachment of the heart. And the attachment of the heart was to hajj. Why? Because hajj is that which takes a person to that point where he becomes very close to Allah Ta'ala. So this was stemming out of the love for Allah Ta'ala. So in any case, this is that aspect of having the heart attached to deen, to ibadat, to those things that take a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. And who knows when that moment of acceptance comes and the heart is focused. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam says, Inna lillahi ta'ala nafahatun fil ard, fata'arradu laha. That there are special moments of acceptance that come from the side of Allah Ta'ala onto earth. That there are some special moments of acceptance that come on earth. Remain focused for it. Remain attentive for it. In other words, a person, like for example, somebody is dishing out something. So, when somebody is dishing out something, if somebody is laying the line, he also gets it. And somebody is not in the line, he's sleeping. So now when he'll wake up, they say, well, he's go- it was dished out already. So likewise, that person whose heart is focused towards Allah Ta'ala, he is attached towards the amal of deen. Then when those special moments of acceptance comes, that what was in his heart at that time just clicks. That dua that was in his heart and that yearning that was in his heart, that cry that was in his heart to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, in that moment is done. So in any case, these amal, Nabi Islam, then the Sahaba inquired that, is there, what are these special aspects of bir and virtue? That really make this Hajj Hajjul Mabrur. So, Nabi Islam explained three things. Now, as mentioned, that these three things are not the only things, 
There are many, many things. But these are the highlights. And out of so many things, these are the highlights of Hajj. The first thing Nabi Islam says, Ifsha salam Can we imagine, and to keep bringing this into focus and to keep understanding this in the light of this background, the Nabi Islam is giving the highlights that will make this Hajj, Hajjul Mabrur. Hajj, which is an ibadat only compulsory on the person who can afford it to start off with. And that too, compulsory upon him once in a lifetime. Such a great ibadat with such a great virtue. لَيْسَ لَهُ جَزَاءٌ إِلَّا الْجَنَّةِ One hadith, Nabi Islam says, that a person who performed the hajj correctly, and in that time he didn't commit any sin, he didn't get involved in any wrong talk, then he returns like the day he was given birth to. رَجَعَكَ يَوْمٍ وَلَدَتْهُ أُمُّهُ Meaning that all his sins are forgiven. Such a great ibadat. And now what will make this hajj, hajj al-mabrur? So Nabi Islam mentions three things. First, ifshaw salam. That making salam common. Spreading salam. Salam? Do we even understand the importance of salam in our own homes? This has become the highlight of hajj. That a person is to be spreading this salamity, this peace. He should become an embodiment of peace. There should be peace all around him. And he should be giving this greeting of peace. Now he's going to be in the midst of strangers there. He's going to be in the midst of all strangers, but he should be... This peace should be emanating from him all the time. Not that he, because I don't know who this person is, I just walk past him. Though I know he's a Muslim, I can see all the signs of Islam on him. <coughs> a person comes to the masjid, he's entering the masjid, who is he passing? He's passing his own Muslim brothers, he's leaving the masjid, he may not have known the person, he doesn't know who he is, where he is from, but he's come to the masjid, he's somebody on the street now, he sometimes could be in doubt. Therefore, if a person always maintains his Islamic identity, then that becomes a means of recognition. And this becomes a means of gaining the salam and greetings of others also. So in any case, but in the masjid, he knows who is passing. But this is among the signs of Qiyamat. Nabi Islam has mentioned that among the signs of Qiyamat is that the person will only greet those who he is familiar with. And somebody who is not familiar with, he will just pass by. Like, whoever it is now, it doesn't matter. Not my, I don't know him, so it's okay. Now, this is the highlight of Hajj. Can we imagine that if he's going to be making Hajj, Hajjul Mabrur, then why won't it make our lives also Mabrur? The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala gives us the command of وَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمْ بُيُوتًا فَسَلِّمُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ تَحِيَّةً مِنْ عِنْدِ اللَّهِ مُبَارَكَةً طَيِّبًا You enter your home, make salam. The greeting Allah Ta'ala has given you. It's full of barakat. Bring the barakat in your home. Make salam upon entering the home. Many people feel shy to make salam when they enter the home. Shy for who and for what? So to make salam, to make salam to the ones we are familiar with, the ones we don't know, <coughs> salam upon entering the home, salam when leaving the home, salam to be made common, not just to make salam, the beast asks me, ifsha us salam. And when that salam will be made with sincerity, that salam will be made 
wholeheartedly and sincerely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, then that salam too will create salamati, peace, happiness, muhabbat, togetherness. So it's not just something as a customary thing, just for the sake of saying it, no, from the heart, to express the salam, ifshaw salam. And then the second thing Nabi Islam says, it'amu ta'am. The first was ifshaw salam, spreading salam. Now this, how much does it cost to make salam? What effort does it take? What kind of position in society a person has to have in order to make salam? Nothing, no time, no effort, nothing. But such a great ibadat. And it's not confined to only certain places in the world. Any place in the world a person makes salam and takes a reward and benefit of salam. So now he is attaching himself to hajj. Wherever he is, he is making salam and attaching himself to hajj. Because this is a highlight of hajj. So it's a ibadat in itself and it's attaching him to hajj also. So, ifshaw salam, it'am ta'am. Peace of Allah says feeding people. Feeding. It'am ta'am, again there is no detail to it. That who to feed and how much to feed in order for it to become the highlight of hajj. In other words, whatever is in the capacity of somebody, some little bit also. He fed one or two people also. Like in the case of a fasting person, Nabi Islam said that a person who gives a fasting person something to eat at the time of iftar, then this will become a means of the forgiveness of all his sins. He'll get the reward of that person's fast also. So the Sahaba were not all in a position to be able to even feed anybody. Many times some guest would come to the house to Nabi Islam. Nabi Islam on one occasion sent somebody to go and find out. From his homes first. But is there anything that we can feed the guest? Mm. At that time, there were nine homes of Rasulullah. This too is a complete discussion on its own. That why was this something that Allah Ta'ala made happen? That Nabi Islam in his later part of life, he gets married to Azad Khadija at the age of 25. And as long as he lived, he married nobody else. And now in the latter part of his life, he was commanded by Allah Ta'ala to engage in so many different nikahs. There's a whole detail behind it. Why and what was the need for this? And the purpose of getting deen to the ummah in every level. And deen to the woman would get through through the woman. So this was a means among various other reasons. One of the reasons. In any case, that's a different topic on its own. So Nabi Islam sent somebody to go and find out from the homes. So he went to the first house. Can we imagine this is a house of Rasulullah These are the homes of the Azwaj Mutahharat. The most noble and chaste woman of the Ummad. The first house, the answer is that ma indana illal ma. The only thing available is water. Nothing else. Not one bit of anything else. Only thing available is water. <coughs> The second house, the same answer. The third house, fourth, fifth, nine houses. And the nine homes, the one and only reply that comes from all the homes, that on that particular occasion, 
ma indana illal ma the only thing available is water can we imagine this and then Nabi Islam inquires that will somebody take the guest home and that Ansari Sahabi volunteers he comes home also there is only enough food for his children so the parents were already due to starve that night but now to feed the guests, they somehow put the children to sleep hungry. Mm-hmm. And pretend to be just joining the guest and feed him only. Because enough only for one person. Mm-hmm. And on that the ayat of the Quran Sharif came. That يُؤْثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خَسَاسَةً Praising the Ansar. That they have such noble qualities in them. They give others preference over themselves. Though they are themselves suffering poverty. So in any case... The Sahaba then inquired that this, this feeding a fasting person, nobody, not everybody has this ability. Nabi Islam you give one sip of water also, you'll get the reward. One date also, you'll get the reward. So there's no qualification to this, that there must be a big quantity. Likewise in Hajj, it'amut ta'am, feeding somebody. No qualification of it, must be so much, but whatever a person is in his capacity. Now that is something that's not confined to Hajj. Feeding someone... This can be done anywhere in the world. If this is something that makes Hajj such a great thing, it enhances the Hajj so much, can we imagine its reward in itself? And that reward will be wherever it is. And again, somebody might be able to feed somebody daily. Someone might be able to feed one person just some one slice of bread once a while. But whatever is in his capacity, he tries and does it. And then the third thing Nabi Islam says, Tribul Kalam. Kind words. Kind words, words, sweet words. Sweet words, words that bring sweetness in the hearts of others. Words that sweeten the hearts of people. Not just for the sake of flattery, but for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. To bring happiness to the hearts of others. Among the greatest ibadats, after the faraiz, after the compulsory aspects of deen, among the greatest ibadats is idkhalus sururi fi qalbil mu'min. Bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min. Now to say something that will bring happiness to someone, that's an ibadat. If a person performs two rakats nafil namaz, he feels he made ibadat. Indeed it is ibadat. He made some tasdari, then he feels he's done ibadat, indeed it is. He made some tilawat of the Quran Sharif, he feels the same. And indeed it is ibadat. But he spoke to somebody kindly, he doesn't think he did ibadat. Because he didn't even plan to do ibadat. He didn't make any intention about it. He doesn't even know that this is ibadat too. Among the greatest ibadat, after the faraiz, is to bring happiness to the heart of a mu'min. Obviously within the limits of sharia, not to tell somebody something that is haram. Or offer somebody something that is impermissible. Within the limits of deen, to make somebody happy. Now the person does that, doesn't think I did anything. Whereas that ibadat is greater than the nawafir also. Because this is after the faraiz, the greatest ibadat. So nafil, that too is very great. This is greater than that. This doesn't mean that the nafil should be abandoned. What it means is together with the nawafil, we should be taking this also. We shouldn't be depriving ourselves of this. It's a very great ibadat. 
Now in Hajj, a person is surrounded by strangers. Sometimes he's sitting somewhere waiting for Salah to start, or he's traveling, or he's, wherever he is, he's perhaps staying in some hotel or whatever. He's surrounded by people he hasn't had any contact with. He doesn't know sometimes which country they came from. He doesn't know the person's name. He doesn't know anything about him. But with these strangers, now he is being taught to conduct himself with these amal. That with these strangers, iftahu salam. With these strangers, iftahu salam. With these strangers, tibul kalam. Now if this is becoming such a big ibadat, that is enhancing that hajj, and bringing it to the level of hajjul mabrur, the reward of which is only jannat. Why? Because with total strangers to himself, he brought these things alive. He made salam, he fed somebody, he brought happiness to their hearts. Then will this not be a bigger ibadat with those who are closer to him? If with total strangers, he is conducting himself with these qualities, and this is such a great ibadat then, so then with those who are closer to him, this becomes an even greater ibadat. Because as the circle gets closer, the importance of these things get bigger, greater. A person who is a total stranger to him, Allah forbid, if there is some, some problem that maybe the person got irritated with him, the person got upset with him for something, that is going to be confined to that moment, that person is going to go his way, and he's going to be, they might not see each other for the rest of their lives. That's not a good thing that happened, but the harm of it is very restricted and confined. For that moment they said something to each other, then they probably forgot about it too and forgave each other too. And if they didn't also, they probably will never meet each other. There's no, nothing left of it now. It's over from between them. Though if one person was wrong, then he still has to seek the forgiveness of the one he has wronged. Otherwise this will get left for the day of Qiyamah. So now these are two strangers. So therefore that will be confined till that moment. But when it is two people who are close, people of one household, people of one family, people working together, so now that one moment doesn't get left there. Sometimes that one moment becomes a very big thing. That one moment becomes one minute, it becomes one hour, it becomes one day. Allah forbid it starts stretching into months and years sometimes. And then it doesn't get confined to those two people. Because now it starts getting others involved. It starts making life difficult for so many people. So the importance of these amal will be even greater as the circle gets closer. With total strangers when this was so important and was such a great ibadat, that ibadat becomes so much more greater when it is with one's near and dear ones. He's talking in kind words to his parents, to his wife, to his children, to his immediate family members, to those who he's interacting with all the time. Whether it is somebody that is his colleague or his employee. But he is showing this compassion, this kindness, this consideration. He's respecting everybody with that salam. He's not waiting for somebody to make salam to him. He's initiating that salam. That salam is such a great thing that on the one side is the Hadith Sharif and Nabi Islam says that that person will not enter Jannat who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed. That is such a severe warning. 
On the other side, Nabi Islam says that you will not enter Jannat until you love one another. You will not enter Jannat until you believe, until you have Iman. And your Iman cannot be perfected and completed until you love one another. Together with all the other aspects of deen, this too has to happen for that Iman to be perfected. And then Nabi Islam says, should I teach you something which will create this muhabbat? The same command. Make salam common. Meaning with that sincerity, with that smile, with that cheer. So that it becomes a means of cheer to the next person. One person, there was some issue, some marital problem somewhere. So now, there was some mediation carrying on. So this person, one of the problems or one of the complaints against him was that he used to come home very grumpy and always upset and so now when before he's walking into the house also everybody has to be on on edge and everybody is making dua Allahumma sallim sallim <laughs> this is a dua actually that will be made on Pulsirat so now everybody is already on that edge now so now the issue was but why do you come in like this so he says but this is my right this is my right that whatever all the pressures I go through at work and people how Boss, whatever pressures he puts on me and whatever other, so now I have, I need to have a place to vent it. I need some place to now let off the steam. So now, in other words, somebody will come with zulm on me. So now, in order to take revenge on them, I will make the zulm on my family. So they were zalims. I become a bigger zalim. Now this is that total jahalat. That now this becomes a right. And then that poor woman was just buried quietly. And if she complains about it now, she is, she, she is now becoming a problem. So this isha salam wholeheartedly from the depths of the heart to bring that salamati alive, to bring that peace and happiness alive. This ifamut ta'am, stibul kalam. So on the one hand, this pride is such a thing that will not allow a person to go into jannat. And Nabi Sallallahu says, without this muhabbat, you can't get into jannat also. What will bring this muhabbat alive? So all these amal are ibadats no matter which part of the world they are done. When it is done for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. In following the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That this has been taught to us by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then this becomes ibadat. It becomes ibadat in a person's home, in his business, on the street. Wherever he is, he's making salam. He's feeding somebody. He is uh, bringing that peace and happiness alive, he's talking in kind words. And this is great ibadat. So, when this will become part of his system, part of his life, apart from this becoming an ibadat, wherever he is, he is attaching his heart to this great ibadat of hajj. And who knows, when he is doing it with this frame of mind, repeatedly with this frame of mind, who knows, that since he is being conscious that this is a highlight of hajj, I need to bring this alive. Like that person who was dropping that few coins, which outwardly maybe 50 years also it might not have happened. But that yearning in the heart and that attachment, Allah Ta'ala made it possible, he went. Who knows with the barakat of these amal? That moment of acceptance, this person is bringing this alive out of this attachment to hajj. That moment of acceptance, and Allah knows that this just works out for somebody. And that becomes his ticket to Hajj. It doesn't happen 
with the means. The means, a person will go by the means, but it doesn't happen with the means. Once had mentioned that while returning from one Umrah, somebody was on the plane alongside him. So he got talking to the person. So the person was going back to his home country also. And talking, you came for Umrah also. He says, no, I had some work in Jiddah. And then he says, I've... He comes like almost every four or five months because some business, whatever. So every four or five months he's in Jiddah. From wherever he comes, every four or five months he's in Jiddah. And this is carrying on for well, whatever, 15, 20 years. And he hadn't been to Baytullah once in all that time. He hadn't performed Hajj or Umrah in all those years. A person is traveling from wherever, he's landing right in Jiddah, more than twice a year sometimes, and for 15, 20 years, Allah knows how long it was. But he didn't get the tawfiq of going for Hajj or Umrah once in his lifetime. If it was somebody's money that took him, then this person would have made Hajj every year. It happens with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, and when Allah Ta'ala accepts for it to happen, Allah Ta'ala will provide the means. He'll go with the means, he won't flap his wing, his hands and go, but Allah Ta'ala will provide the means. But what it requires is now that that heart be attached to these ibadats. And this is possible for us wherever we are with these simple amal. With these simple amal, we attach our hearts to the great ibadat of Hajj. And this is just one aspect. In this manner, our hearts should be attached to all ibadats, all things that will take us closer to Allah wa Ta'ala. And that will become a means of our najat in dunya and mainly our najat in akhirat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. It makes zikr for a few minutes and then make dua inshallah. report from the Hadith Sharif to the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous amal and that will become the means of his gaining this great benefit and reward on the day of Qiyamah and saying La ilaha to bring to mind that we have taken all the things that are negative from our hearts, all the ghayrullah all the Haram things, illicit things, whatever is a barrier that is preventing us from getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. All these things we have taken and thrown out of our hearts. And illallah, the love of Allah Ta'ala is entering our hearts. Recite Guru Sharif. <coughs> La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu 
ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد إله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله Allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya Allah Amen. Allah forgive all the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly ya Allah forgive our families ya Allah forgive our friends and relatives ya Allah forgive the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the shower down your rahmat on the ummah ya Allah shower down your maghfirat on the ummah ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah keep us steadfast on deen ya Allah Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad ya Allah ilahul alamin save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah save us from all the evils and vices ya Allah Allah, keep our hearts attached to deen, Ya Allah. Keep our hearts attached to ibadat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, let us focus towards, Ya Allah, recognizing your qudrat, Ya Allah. Towards attaining your marifat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, empty out the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Empty out the love of the ego, ego from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from all the evils and vices of the heart, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts from pride, from malice, from jealousy. Ilahul Alameen, from miserliness, from all the evils of the heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the amal of deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. Accept us in our progeny still qiyamat for the khidmat of deen, with ikhlas and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to perform such a salah with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform all the amal of deen, Ya Allah. Enable us to make daily tilawat, zikr and dua, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq of, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, being attached to you at every moment of our life, Ya Allah. Full of hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us a tawfiq of, Ya Allah, forever being in your obedience, Ya Allah. Save us from doing anything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, raise their stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who are sick, give them shifaya kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. And remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those in any kind of difficulties, problems, hardships, anxiety, worry, depression. Ilahul Alameen, remove all the difficulties with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant each one halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Filled with barakat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you are the know of each one's heart, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them as well, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's heart with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. And each one of us, your nisbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save each one from the difficulties of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all the good. Whatever Rasulullah sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi jma'in wa alhamdulillah